0: I'm Eric Chemi, and this is Politely Pushy. Welcome to Politely Pushy. I'm your host, Eric Chemi. Today, I've got Professor Mark Congdon. He's an Assistant Professor of Communication Studies at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. Professor Mark, Dr. Mark, or, or do I just call you Mark? Thanks for thanks for coming on the show with me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. And yes, you can uh, just call me Mark. That's what my students call me.
0: You let your students call you by your first name. See, I'm getting too old. <laughs> this is this whole new generation, right?
1: It's more informal. and it- you know it's just easier
0: <laughs> so tell me what is current like 2022 modern communication studies like what's on the syllabus what are the students studying because it's been you know two decades since i was in college how has the world changed in terms of what students coming out of school going into the workforce what they have learned
1: yeah so um so I, though i'm in communication studies i specifically focus on pr and advertising and so Communication studies is a very broad uh, field, but specifically within PR, the field has evolved and changed drastically, uh, especially with the pandemic. And so um, specifically with a lot of things now are uh, virtual and digital. And so understanding how uh, digital advertising is working, understanding how uh, you need to use like uh, digital analytics uh, to understand whether or not What you're doing is effective and reaching your uh, target audience. And that also then connects to um, really tailoring all your messaging and um, things that you're doing to a segmented audience. And so I would say with the pandemic, it just exacerbated the transformation to everything digital. Uh, And so now digital, I would say, is more standard and mainstream than uh, previously.
0: Do you think all of the pandemic were great. COVID, obviously it was remote learning, distance learning, Zoom learning, right? This podcast is being done digitally and remotely across multiple state borders. Did that help with the digital transformation of that young demographic as they go into the workforce? Did it hurt them because learning is still better in person, even if you're learning about things that are digital and you're going to work from home in your job? What was your experience and how did you see your students either adapt or or struggle to adapt?
1: Yeah, so I think um, at least with with my classes, so I tend to uh, even when I'm teaching in person, I tend to design my courses through what is known as the hybrid or blended model where um, uh, um, things are done online and can be done remotely. Uh, And so it was a really easy transition, at least for me, in terms of adapting my classes in that manner. Uh, In terms of students, I would say Overall, like students tended to struggle in terms of switching everything to to virtual. Um, But I found that in terms of um, students being exposed to certain digital tools and technologies, that exposure I think um, happened a lot sooner than if they didn't have that experience because of the pandemic, then they would have went right into um, the uh, the workforce. But I also think too, that it just elevated and exacerbated the, uh, I made it like much quicker. So in terms of like businesses and even higher ed, like adapting certain technologies and digital tools, like it just happened a lot quicker because you were forced to. And now I think what's going on is figuring out what's that balance. Um, but then also how do you utilize these tools in a more strategic manner and not in a way that's just put brushed together and thrown together because you needed to like just teach online, or you needed to adapt your PR, advertising, and marketing strategies uh, because of the what happened with COVID.
0: So, how did somebody get into being a professor of communication studies? You know, uh, PR, advertising, marketing, all that, because you've got a PhD, like right? you've studied this, you've been an academic, a researcher, a real scholar of this, but you haven't necessarily been in the workforce doing all those things so how do you connect from like here's what industry is doing but here's my work as an academic as a scholar i've really gone in depth probably in more depth than anyone who is just a typical employee like i'm an employee in the industry but you're probably thinking about it a lot more than maybe i'm thinking about it on on a bigger scale
1: yeah so i think at least uh for me um so my undergrad degree um One of my concentrations was PR. Um, And so how I approach uh, PR is uh, through this lens of activism and community organizing. And so even um, though I don't necessarily have uh, industry experience, how I uh, approach PR and strategic communication is really through this lens of PR activism and how uh, various PR strategies and tactics were utilized um, in various social change movements. And so um, in terms of like connecting that to industry, one of the things that I think, uh, as at least, uh, is unique with with me in the sense of how it's more relevant is the focus on DEIB, so diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And so that is one of the things with the pandemic and um, with the Black Lives Matter protest uh, and um, other so- various social justice movements. Um, the, this idea of really thinking about your communications and your PR strategies and and understanding the importance of making sure you're the content and messaging you're creating is diverse, is equitable, is accessible, right? And is really representative of what you're trying to do. And so I think, um, in terms of, of with my background, that is something that, um, I'm finally glad to see that the industry, um, is starting to try to at least catch up with that in ways, um, that they necessarily haven't acknowledged, uh, before, um, or as, um, haven't acknowledged to um, to trying to make real change instead of just performative. I would say
0: the last couple of years, it feels like it's really accelerated. It feels yes. like there's certainly a lot more a lot more attention companies are giving to that. So, what do you see as the disconnect still between companies? And the new hires coming in, right? Like your students, they're going through your program, you're getting them up to speed. And mostly, I imagine they're mostly going into the workforce rather than, you know, mm-hmm. becoming a, a scholar or professor like yourself. You're getting them ready for, yeah. for the industry. Where's the disconnect either that, that your students, future employees are not expecting from the workplace and vice versa, companies are expecting something different from their new hires?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things that I at least try to do with with how I teach PR and advertising, so I teach from what is known as a service learning lens, where students work with various on-campus and off-campus community organizations and businesses, so that way they get that hands-on learning, and so through that, one of the things that um, I've noticed, especially more so uh, within the last few years, is that students, I think, um, and Gen Zers in general, and this has been uh, discussed about um, through some very um, scholars who study uh, different generations, is that this idea of emotional um, development and maturity, and how Gen Zers are—they're um, the, a little bit more behind than previous generations—and that's something that I would say that I've found. Um, and so really thinking through then in terms of the workforce, um, I'm finding some of my students might need a little bit more handholding or scaffolding in terms of certain things that um, th- they need help with in terms of like ha- creating various materials and, and things like that. And so I think when you get into the workforce, one of the things that I think employers might um, be struggling with or, or um, is like that, that level of handholding and how, um, if you need to write a press release, you're not going to have two or three weeks to, to revise it, or you're not going to have, you, you need to do like, you need to create a press release, a fact sheet, a background or all of that within like, you know, two hours or so. Right. And so again, like, I think that is something that there's a mismatch in terms of the expectations that students are going to um, have. And then the expectation of the employer in terms of, of what that working dynamic, um, it's going to be. It,
0: it's a good reminder, someone who is going to the workforce, let's say right now, summer 22, they were in high school, right? Spring of 18, right? Like not, it, it pretty quickly go from high school to the workforce, yeah. passing through college, right? So you say a yes. couple of years ago, I was in high school, a couple of years from now, I'll be in college. Yeah. So you're talking to people, obviously, who were in high school, not that long ago, that K through 12 world, that K through 12 market, we're seeing more digital tools. We saw the COVID learning disruptions or Mm -hmm. adaptations, you may call it. How much of this new generation are you seeing? Like They're just coming in already. By the time they've graduated high school, they're freshmen in college. And a lot of what you just talked about, their expectations, their skills, their abilities, their habits, it's already just baked in. And it's almost too late for you to maybe get them up to speed to what's going to be expected of them in the workforce. So maybe my question is how much of the importance is in that kind of K through 12 environment versus the, Mm -hmm. you know, four college years.
1: Yeah, so I think it because I've taught at various institutions, and the, and the various institutions I've taught at, there's different student demographics. So I think it really um, gets that in terms of the demographic of students that uh, you might be teaching. So for instance, at my previous institution, it was a predominantly um, first gen institution, as well as it was m- much more diverse than my current institution. And so there uh, require different levels of like strategies and things in the classroom. And their K twelve educational experience was very different from someone where I teach now that might be from a more fluent uh, background and fluent public school. Um, But I think that the big disconnect um, that I'm seeing is the, the writing. And so that's something that I know that when I was in college, my undergrad, my professors always said our writing stunk. <laughs> and so that's something that I've I feel noticing. like every like, <laughs> teacher
0: says that to their students, yeah. right? Like every decade, every generation, the writing's yeah. not good enough.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And so but what I'm finding that's different. So I also used to be a special education teacher as well. And so I worked in middle school and in high school after undergrad. And so I graduated during the Great Recession and it was hard to get a job. And Um, I did Teach for America. And so I have experience in the K to 12 setting. And that really influences how I teach um, my students now, because I'm able to understand like, what's good pedagogy? How do I engage um, different types of learners? And one of the things that I'm finding that I have to do a um, now more than ever before, is incorporate um, various wellness exercises and activities into my classes, um, as well as like helping students um, in terms of developing like interpersonal communication skills or small group communication and teamwork communication skills. So even if it's not necessarily a small group communication or interpersonal communication course, I still am finding I need to specifically include certain concepts and in, in some of those, um, the, the things that in terms of team dynamics and stuff into my class classroom because when you're in PR students are going to be working with uh, in teams um, in the industry and as well as in our classes. And so I'm finding that um, I have to think more strategically in terms of not just presenting content and giving students hands-on opportunities, but I need to do a little bit more than that. I need to make sure that when I am setting up students and in, in, in teamwork, how, what are things that I can do to ensure that students are working more collaboratively and effectively? And so um, I have to think through that in ways and I'll, I'll give that a little bit more thought um, that I've had uh, to do previously. And I think with the pandemic, it just exacerbated that. And especially when you were doing it virtual, team dynamic is very, very different virtually. And so then that right there, I had to even um, think through some of the stuff that I was doing and it. The the good thing about the pandemic, at least for me, is it made me reevaluate a lot of how I'm teaching and why I'm teaching. And um, also, like how sometimes more is not necessarily best, right? So really cutting da- cutting back on certain things to make sure students are really getting what they truly need, and not just trying to overload students with all this content information.
0: So, you've, as you just mentioned, you've taught a lot. <laughs> and no, it's good. I guess it, it leads me to my next question. You've taught at different places. You've taught different demographics, different cohorts of students as to the different places you've been. Do you see something that is? similar across all of that based on the generation when you think about gen z and like here's here's what they are as a monolithic group or is it actually very dependent on socioeconomic factors right other factors that are beyond beyond just a generation because there's so many stories they're like well this generation does you know xyz and it's very different than the previous generations and and these are what they are is that true because you've seen them across different locations is that really true or is it No, I'm seeing all kinds of different things out there. It's not so much that their age is defining themselves uniquely. Well, I think that, at
1: least from my experience, there are certain – experiences or cultural phenomenon and things that I think can connect certain generations uh, together. So if we think back to like the Boomers, that was like in response to um, like World War II, right? And so there's a collective sense in terms of certain moments that that generation experienced. In terms of millennials, we had the Great Recession and 9-11, as well as the transition from no internet dial up to to what we have now. And so I think with Gen Zers, a common theme that I'm I'm at least noticing um, among on K to twelve as well as college, is this idea and and this desire of loving technology, and in terms of everything's digital, and so even if they're not necessarily, um, they don't necessarily have the, um, the media literacy or the the digital literacy, media literacy that that one might need in terms of um what you might post on TikTok or snapchat or or uh instagram and and the ethics behind all of that and privacy concerns they might not necessarily have that knowledge but there's this desire i'm noticing in terms of embracing technology and then there's another thing that i'm in terms of certain values that i'm seeing is a lot of um gen zers are uh, more understanding i'm finding in terms of understanding of difference in experiences and so um uh, and I think that gets at the importance of uh, DEIB, and so I think that's also part of the reason why a lot of corporations and and even nonprofits and things are need to recognize they need to not just be performative in their work because Gen Zers um, are really care about um, these various types of issues, and also Gen Zers are just much more diverse in ter- in general. So they're the most diverse uh, group of, of of generation that we have, and so I think those are similarities that I think. Um, That can connect them. But then in terms of like certain differences in terms of socioeconomics, race and gender, I do think there are differences because that then does shape your lived in experience and then what you might experience in terms of your education in K to 12, as well as what you might experience uh, in terms of college and uh, what resources and things you have um, access to
0: talk about your current research like what are you working on right now in the summer you don't have as much teaching if any what's is is it a book coming out like what what are you focused on right now what's what's on top of your mind
1: yeah so there's a lot of uh different projects that i'm working on so the one project that i'm uh really excited that i'm working on is on financial literacy and so that this past year i partnered with a business professor at westfield state university uh in massachusetts and we've done service learning courses um together where it was a, a multi-institutional service learning project on financial literacy. He's a finance professor, my students were PR, and we collaborated with uh, TRIO, um, which is the upper Bound TRIO program at Westfield, as well as with the Multicultural Center on, on my university's campus. And so the research I'm doing now, and we're analyzing the survey results, is seeing if students um, increase their knowledge um, and be, and if their behaviors changed based on this service learning, um, this project. And so um, what that might mean then in terms of um, how strategic communication can be taught um, connecting to various different fields, um, whether it's financial literacy or another project I'm working on is dealing with community activism. And so another research project I'm I'm, I'm looking at and working on with some of my undergrad students is looking at how strategic communication can be used for community activism on on campuses and in the local community and the impact that that might have um and that's more qualitative versus the financial literacy is more uh quantitative
0: when students are asking you for job advice about hey Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about doing pr right or advertising Mm -hmm. or something related to communications but should i go in-house should i do an agency should i you know, go get a master's, what is your typical advice? That's sort of a the standard textbook advice you give based on how you're seeing industry and employee relations.
1: Yeah, so I always tell students to don't put your eggs all your eggs in one basket, right? And so a lot of times what I always try to do with my students first is figure out like, what is your passion? What is your interest? What are things that you like? What are things that you don't like? And sometimes, a lot of times actually, students don't know that. And so a lot of times what I end up doing is like doing like a career inventory with them. Um, And in terms of like, what are some of their values and things and what type of businesses do they want to work with? So I would say the first advice that I give is what are what um, are some of your values or beliefs or passions that um, how you want to apply your skills? Because strategic communication and PR can be applied in any industry, uh, any sector, and so it's really about figuring out what you really like to do. And then once that happens, um, I then always like always say like you have to be able to translate what you're doing in the classroom and in your internships to the to the job market, and so then helping them with develop that language um in terms of something that i'm finding that um that i always uh, help them with and so um the other big thing i always tell students is that if you're going to grad school never pay for it and so always look for a program that might offer like a grad assistantship a teaching assistantship or a research um assistantship or see if a job that you can get if they will pay for you to go back to your masters and so that's something that especially with pr a lot of times they care more about experience than necessarily a masters and so um i usually try to give that advice instead of going right to grad I like school that. Unless,
0: yeah i like that yeah sorry to, mean to cut you out though i was gonna say i like the don't pay for it get someone yeah. else to pay for it it's not worth it yeah. if you have to pay for it yeah
1: exactly and i have a lot of student loan debt and so i always like don't make the stakes mistakes i did so yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then lastly what are you excited about for the fall? What are you? Are, is there a new class you're teaching? What are you excited about that you'll be rolling out this fall?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is um, I'm in the process of developing a service-learning partnership with various on-campus and off-campus organizations around um, democracy and um, civic engagement in terms of how do we get um, students involved in the political process with the midterm elections coming up, and so having various voter registration drives. So I'm in the process now of reaching out to um, our universities, college Republicans and college Democrats, as well as various other on-campus and off-campus organizations organizations and connect that to um my campaigns class as well as my pr and advertising writing class and so i'm excited in terms of see what will come um uh with that
0: i think that's a good place to leave because if i start getting into the election and democrats and republicans and college campuses we might be here for a long time right (laughs) so i think we've had this has been good right this is really interesting to get that perspective right what Mm what what you're teaching, what the students are learning, how they're getting ready for the work for, you know, the workforce, the workplace, and kind of where some of those gaps still are. So Professor Mark, I appreciate the time. This has been really good. So thank you for joining with me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you to my guest and thanks for listening. Subscribe to get the latest episodes each week and we'll see you next time.